0: to redheads and one who went to Michigan talking about racing
1: I was not in Michigan I'm shouting myself out Wow, <laughs> self-centered are we Oh, you got it, it's my birthday today Andrew Curland, not cut your that birthday out. <laughs> Just cut that one no, out No, no, no one's gonna know
0: <laughs> Alright, never mind <laughs> This is a good start
1: Michigan. Yep.
0: Yeah, that's it. It's all about me. Yeah, Michigan was fun. It was the least busy weekend I've ever had in NASCAR. It was kind of weird, but it was enjoyable. Have some cool
1: things to talk about. So, All right. First, I saw on Saturday you were following Alan Kavana around. Was that on purpose or set up?
0: Yeah, that was set up before. <laughs> it's actually funny. I texted him the day before when we were driving up to Michigan. We had plenty of time, and I'm like, Hey, Alan. And he already had my phone number, but it was still like, Hey, Alan, this is Andrew. Kind of like, would I be able to shadow you, learn some things, uh, blah, 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 whatever. And he responds, Andrew, never heard of her.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Alan Kavanaugh is the best.
0: He's, he is funny. And then we always jab each other because he goes to Syracuse and I'm going he to ASU. To Syracuse. Yeah, he went to Syracuse. <laughs> and so... It was. We always go back and forth on, like, you know, I'm just learning what not to do, you know, when I go to Arizona, you know, so I, that's why I want to shadow you <laughs> today, you know, because uh, Syracuse kid, but yeah, he's he's a really good guy. It was awesome to be able to follow him around, and
1: um, where it was were you when that big truck wreck happened?
0: Yeah. Okay. So that's actually funny too. We were standing. In an open pit box because there are less Trucks and it was actually funny Because how a pit reporter works Is he it's him a pit spotter so someone who's scanning the drivers in that section writing them down on a piece of paper and handing it to alan not so to he can organize with all the Brett drivers and
1: tj spotters on door no, clear
0: not them so this is for the broadcaster and then there's someone who holds a tv screen so alan can call the action because he actually doesn't ever look at the track he calls all the action off of the tv screen so the viewer sees what he sees Anyways, I'm watching the restart on the TV screen and he's watching the race. And all of a sudden he goes, oh my God. Hmm. And the TV screen's like slightly delayed. So I'm watching this, I'm like, what are you (laughs) talking about? So I look up at the track and there, Tyler Ankrum just slams into another truck right in front Hmm. of us and they're parked right in front of us is like where they were eventually like came to rest and it was kind of funny because alan saw the wreck reacted to it and i'm looking at the race i'm like what are you talking about (laughs) but it ended
1: up being on the track believe natalie decker was involved in that wreck i know it's surprising i know bad luck such bad luck in that race i know never happens like that (laughs) all right then saturday You, the couple things I noticed. First of all, you sent us a photo from on top of Bubble Walls' pit box. I'm assuming you just snuck up there real quick, grabbed a picture, and got down. No, I was actually
0: invited up there. I was just standing on pit lane, scanning. Get up there. Yeah. I was scanning. The drivers in that section just who were near me, and then Bubba's, Bubba's like, PR. Andrew, get
1: on the, pee- get yeah, on the pit I box. I actually
0: heard, I actually listened to him scan. It's like, hey, if Andrew's here, get him on the pit box. That's what <laughs> Bubba said. Uh, no, Bubba, Bubba was talking about weird things that you have to do for good content. Or what's the quote? Uh, let's let
1: Bubba Wallace fill us in real quick. Oh, right that's here. Right. Hey, you got to do some weird stuff to get <laughs> some good content. It's all right, I love this. We need to, we really need to work on this in the fall because it'd be epic. Yeah, to have a lot of these. All right. Thank you, Bubba. No, Bubba's PR person literally just
0: came up to me. She's like, do you want to watch from on top of the box? And it's like, you don't say no to that. So I went up there and I felt kind of weird because I had my phone out because I'm so curious to see what crew chiefs are looking at. I'm listening to them talking about fuel mileage. I'm like, what are you doing to calculate all that? And it felt weird because I had my phone out and I was taking pictures of all their monitors. Uh, <laughs> and I don't wait, know if, it's
1: like, if I'm if I'm supposed to do anything. Oh, no, nah, I mean, they didn't even know I was I doing that. Wallace is the fastest car on the track.
0: Yeah, but I did find this really interesting. And have you heard of Dartfish? Yeah. Okay, so I saw, and for some reason, there's like, people are so secretive about Dartfish, like they don't want to share it or anything. But I saw what it looked like. And I actually at first thought it was the NASCAR like race view app Hmm. where it's like the virtual track Hmm. with the cars and you can select each one of them. But it wasn't. It was Dartfish. And you can select other cars to mirror and it's slightly behind the race and it shows they were it was actually interesting the cars they chose. They were watching where Ty Dillon, Austin Dillon. Uh, Daniel Hamrick and Brad Keselowski were running Three on the track.
1: RCR technical And then the
0: leader people. or the fastest yeah. car on the track. That's why I think it was. Yeah. And they were watching Ty Dillon most of the time, but they had Ty Dillon's line in orange and then Bubba's in white. And it was so precise to where they actually showed the exact line and even where they hit the gas and hit the brake, percentage of throttle, steering, angle. Uh, Whenever Bubba hit the gas on the track versus Ty, the line, like, turned green. And then when they hit the brake, it turned red. So crew chiefs could literally see... Where and what marks on the track is tie breaking and gassing versus bubba breaking and getting back on the gas, which I found was really interesting.
1: I know this is all like secretive team information that they have, but imagine all this stuff on the broadcast like I know I don't see I, I guess there are prior drawbacks to making all this it information was ghost car too but it would be awesome to have it shown on the broadcast would we'll just enhance it so much more has seeing all this stuff like if we have the yeah. technology, why not use it?
0: Yeah, and I was actually listening yesterday. To a replay of the Michigan race, and Steve Letarte was talking about the PJ one or something like that, and he's like, if it works, every crew chief's gonna see how that driver's running. And before going on Bubba's box, I'm like, How would you figure that out? But it's all through this app, Dartfish, mm. which I found was really, really interesting. So uh you can even see where Ty like beat bubba off the corner and where ty was making up speed and where bubba was making up speed it was fascinating stuff
1: speaking of pj our friend pj um joey Lugano talked about that on dbc this week and i feel like he may have influenced a change in my opinion about that but i want you to listen everyone to listen to see what he says (laughs) and then maybe next time we record i'll explain why joey's enlightened my opinion
0: that's good. That's good plug right there. I'm curious now. I'm going to listen to the Joey Logano episode. I just kind of
1: hound Andrew and make sure he listens to my podcast.
0: <laughs> I'll listen. I'll listen. Don't worry. Uh, one, yeah. One last thing I want to say about Bubba's Pit Box. And it was so weird because they have all these screens on like data and lap times and in-car cameras and dartfish as I was just talking about. Yet there was this one guy. I don't even think he was a crew chief engineer, but he was just up there <laughs> and he has stopwatch. Oh, I know that, was...
1: that's a NASCAR legend. Who is it? Dale Inman, that's his name. Oh, should I not make fun of him then? No. He's like Richard Petty's best friend. They won all those championships together.
0: I didn't know that was him. He took stopwatch intervals every lap. I'm like, you have all this data next to you. it's <laughs> cool.
1: You wonder how Richard Petty won championships with a stopwatch.
0: What was that Dale Inman? Yeah. man.
1: He probably no thought idea. you were weird with your phone. What's this kid doing with the phone? I All I need is a stopwatch. No, apparently right. he's like super funny and an awesome guy. I would really like to meet up someday. Hmm. All right. Well, never mind. I won't make
0: fun of Dale Inman. But I'm like, why do you have a stopwatch? You don't need that.
1: <laughs> All right. So. so you were on Bubba's Hitbox Box, and then you, I think, snapchatted us a video of Harvick's burnout from the front stretch. Was that just how close Victory Lane was to the um, track? Because it looked like you were like, I don't know, on that golf cart on the track. with NBC that ran out there to interview him.
0: No, yeah, that was that's one of the best tracks to get video and, and footage of a burnout because usually they... And man, a couple years ago when Kyle Larson won, he did burnouts in the grass or something. Mm. I was right in front of him. It was so cool because all they do is they just have a slight area roped off but other than that it's open track and larson a couple years ago when he won was doing burnouts right in front of us it was the coolest thing that's cool because you could basically see what the driver sees during the post-race celebration
1: yeah racing wise i don't really know there's more wasn't much to talk about it wasn't the best race like I think the style of racing at Michigan with the drafting, all that stuff, that kind of reminds me of what the Indy 500 is of course, there wasn't as much passing, but like, I like that for Michigan because Michigan sucked before. Oh, field yeah. mileage. Like we like, I like field mileage races when the leader has to like battle field mileage. Harvick pretty much just got to the front, pulled away and won the race. It was a very anticlimactic, boring, didn't like it finish of that race. But mo- yeah. I guess most of the other races there's some action. There's some cautions. Some tire problems, just a good mix of stuff. But then the end of the race just kind of flatlined. It wasn't that great.
0: It seemed like it was easier for drivers to pass. It seemed like last time when Logano got out front, no one could pass him. So I'm sure between then and now, teams have figured out with this package how to make it easier to pass the car in front of them, work on more downforce and horsepower. But I that's one that's a main takeaway I noticed was it seemed like it was a lot easier for drivers to pass because at Michigan earlier in the year, once Logano got out there, no one could get in front of him. I thought it was better from that
1: standpoint. I saw your you had a tweet about Brad Keselowski over the weekend, some video I actually saw on her Reddit this afternoon, I'm like, Oh hey, I know that <laughs> kid. What was that about? So
0: and apparently, I just learned this from Jessica Roenick, who responded to oh, my yeah, I tweet. I did
1: see her response, but I didn't watch the video. I'm
0: sorry. <laughs> see the actual video? So basically, what it was was Kislowski during intro, since he started on the poll, brought his whole crew out. They walked down the giant high five line, and then the whole crew got in the truck hmm. with him,
1: which, which was seems really neat. Pretty small.
0: Yeah, I know. And actually, my video right before it, it actually got cropped out. But Kislowski goes up to the driver of the truck. And I think he's kind of explaining to the driver, like, this is what's happening. I hope you can hold us all <laughs> kind of thing. I think that's the what the conversation was guy. doing. But apparently, recently, it's required to the front row to bring their crew members at least up during intros. But I, I believe kislowski went the extra mile because Harvick did it. And then his crew mm. members... Just well, They just walked yeah. off to the side But Kozlowski brought his whole team And they all got in the truck together I think that's so awesome I'd be such a fan of if, if they did that with every driver. Right. That'd be so
1: I, cool. I've had Love this, that team aspect. I've had this opinion since I first watched the all-star race in 2005. The driver introductions at the all-star race are far better than any other driver yes! introduction of the season. I know. It, literally, it's been, going, they've been doing that for like 20 years. Why in the world have they not adapted other tracks, driver intros to be like that? Like it's so much fun. It's so hype and energetic. The all-star race does it right. You introduce the teams. There's music playing. There's fans all around. Why don't all tracks do that? Like, why are you so boring with driver intros when you can make it a show? Like, I think the Supercross, you're more of a Supercross guy than I am. But doesn't Supercross do, like, epic intros like that, too? Like, why can't NASCAR do that in, like, the All-Star Race?
0: Jason, you are so right about that. I'm
1: right about a lot of things.
0: All right. You know what? You give yourself too much credit. but (laughs) No, you're right. And bring crew members out. They don't even have to go on state or like yeah. on the it's truck but concept. bring it's everybody for like out
1: 20 years they just track other tracks i know
0: but get some lights especially every night race yeah like bristol. to have imagine the bristol night race like that, and smoke and fireworks and a dj yeah. and oh you can do so much with driver introductions and you're so right about that from the standpoint of when i was a fan and I went to the all-star race and saw all those intros. It made me that much more excited about the race versus if it was a normal, traditional
1: intros. You're so right about that. Tracks are, like, seriously, tracks are lazy with stuff they do now versus stuff they did 15 years ago. And I just wonder why driver introductions hasn't been made a thing. Like, even in Charlotte, like, they do it for one race. Why not do it for the Roval and do it for the 600 too?
0: okay now i wouldn't throw michigan necessarily under the bus because i will say they actually did a really good job of making pre-race and race day very entertaining they had the cannon guy come back and they launched a person out of the cannon again
1: um yeah that's cool but you probably don't remember this, but Charlotte used to do these crazy pre-race shows of like buses jumping over or cars jumping oh, over buses, seen motorcycles over footage cars. Footage of that, yeah. Pumpy Wheeler, who actually they're talking about him on the Dale Jr. download this week, which I think he'd be an awesome guest, Dale, if you're listening. But he used to be the showman, like put on and Bruton Smith too. They collaborated to like put on a show during pre-race, like show up to the track two hours early, see ya freaking amazing performance on the front stretch and then you get the race and usually it's before the 600 so you had like eight hours of entertainment of at the racetrack and why don't tracks do that anymore like well, let's put on some entertainment
0: you're right and i think the problem is tracks are falling too far into just being routine and everything's like the same i know like, come on you're people. right we need to go back to the grassroots marketing that made the sport yeah. great and, and made the at-track experience awesome. But I will say Michigan, they did do a good job. Even walking around the fan zone on race day, they had, it, it was packed and they had a lot of engaging activities. They had a guy juggling chainsaws and tasers, mm. which was really cool. So Michigan did a really good job. About Something that, about but and and one thing interesting too. This is the first I've ever seen this. Going back to driver intros, they did not do it forty to first. Oh, they I, did it by manufacturer. It was stupid. Toyota, That's Chevy, so Ford. Stupid.
1: I guess Michi- like it? Michigan's a more to the manufacturer-based track, but Ooh, that's, that's just so point. confusing when they do them playoffs and they're like, we introduce everyone not in the playoffs and we introduce the playoff guys. Uh, just I actually do it. like that. Just do it normally. Like, it, Well, I was, when I was a fan, they started doing that. I'd be so confused. I'm like, wait, I thought this guy was starting like... Th- th- 15th, and they're calling them out like two guys before the end. And I'm like, oh, they're doing playoff drives afterwards. It's so confusing. I like Keep the playoffs. it simple. No, it's stupid. Keep I it like simple. I like the playoff intros. You can announce that they're a the playoff driver as they come out. You don't need to separate them, and then people think they're the top 16 starters. Chicagoland had the coolest
0: playoff intro they had all the playoff drivers announced last and they all lined up together to take a picture picture with the trophy it was neat it was cool you can't get that when you introduce different
1: people an extra guy to the playoffs and then needed to do oh yeah that's when they
0: that was with gordon that's right yeah
1: that was if we had the podcast around then i'd be like you literally just added an extra team to the playoffs imagine the nfl being like you know what we feel bad for the bills we're gonna add them to the playoffs this year
0: well circumstances led to we're not going to get into the whole thing that's man that was i even miss richmond as the cutoff race and i'm excited Uh, of course it has to be indianapolis not a very entertaining track but the points race is going to be so Hmm. awesome coming down the line we look at jimmy johnson suarez
1: and boyer it's Changes every week. It's awesome. The last couple of years, there's not been a very good points race for the I know. So 16. now we're getting a good yeah, one. Even awesome. for the top, it right. seems like there's good points That's race. where I want to go. Playoff points. So Kyle Bush currently, I'm not going to look up numbers exactly, but he has got like a 13 or 14 playoff point advantage over Joey Logano right now, who's in second. And so I think all of NASCAR needs to be cheering Joey Logano to win this regular season championship because if he gets 15 more playoff points, then it's these two neck and neck with playoff points for the whole playoffs leading up to the through the first three rounds going to Miami. While if Kyle wins the regular season championship and gets 15 additional playoffs, he's going to have like a 30 playoff point advantage. And of course, I would every say he's a lock single for Miami. Round. Yeah, Ugh, that's going to be man. awful. Of course, it'd be, I guess, if he's the one lock, which wouldn't be terrible versus having like three drivers like we had last year, all pretty much locked into every round, that wouldn't be bad. But I'd rather see for parody Logano catch up and be able to put on a show for that playoff point advantage.
0: Yeah, is it is it this? Have we reached the time of the year where we start complaining about playoff points again? Oh God. Is well, yeah, it time? We have we opened? The, yeah, have we opened the gate How to summon are. the demons? Like the playoffs <sighs> were
1: the first two years of this current format were the best years of the playoffs, all the dramatic finishes and all that stuff, and that's when yeah. playoff points didn't reset. And then all of a sudden, someone's like, "Well, it's not fair." I'm like, "Playoffs aren't fair. The NFL doesn't give a team a touchdown to lead okay. off every game because they yes. won the most games."
0: And and I'm not going to say I was talking to Dustin Long this weekend and NBC Sports. I'm not NBC Sports and I'm not going to say I, he we didn't talk about playoff points but we were talking about something else so I don't know his opinion on playoff points so I'm not going to quote him on that so but he did say that NASCAR is an entertainment sport if you wanted it to be perfect for the perfect winner and yeah. the deserving champion you wouldn't even have a playoffs but and, and you wouldn't have playoffs in general. This, I'm talking sports in general. is basically yeah. what he was saying. I agree with him. If you really wanted to find the true winner of the NFL or the NBA or the NHL, you wouldn't have a playoffs. It'd be regular season, kind of like how the Premier League goes. And your last game of the season, whoever's at the top of the point standings wins the championship. But it's an entertainment sport. So playoff points kill the entertainment and excitement of the playoffs. Yeah. So It
1: could be way better. I understand you want you want to be even.
0: fair to the competitors and really find the true champion, but at the same time, the playoff points kill some of the excitement at the top. Imagine watching Kyle Busch fight for his life yeah. for the championship or for, for an elim- in an elimination race. That will never happen. But remember, the first couple of years of the playoffs, there were some top contenders fighting for their life yeah. and they actually had to win to get in.
1: My whole we don't see that philosophy anymore. on the seasons the regular season, what's earns you a spot in the playoffs and the playoffs yes, is even. that is so you true. Go, you, from right there, that's when you have to earn, earn it, improve yourself, and go win that championship. You can't just show up and have this cushy advantage already. Like
0: Absolutely. And like, the only the only problem I have is that it carries over. I am so cool with them seeding it for round one. Yeah, But the fact that the playoff points carry over and kyle bush again would start with a 30 point advantage in round two i hate that i cannot yeah. stand that that's my that's probably if i was president ascar if i was steve phelps that would be one probably change. job number one no that'd I, be the one change i'd make
1: i think that's true and we're gonna be more mad about it as the season goes on
0: i'm not you guys who are listening just get ready because i don't think we're gonna stop talking about this
1: that'll be our so, p- fall rant Yeah, Um, that's all I got. Before we head out, this is actually the last podcast, I don't know, ever until next year, maybe next summer, where Jason's in North Carolina and Andrew's in Chicago. Post-Dover, I think I might be home. Okay. Oh, because that's fall break or whatever? Yeah. Okay. But that's pretty crazy. This is like, we've been doing this for like two years now. You've been there and... And I remember when I would do my other podcast with my friend Garrett, it was like I was home in New York and I started it and then I went to college and it was so different. So crazy. So where are your, where are your emotions headed into these last couple of days where you fly to Arizona and start a whole new chapter of your life?
0: Oh, man, it's so weird. Uh, I actually think it's funny. I might send a tweet out later just cause this is what I think, but the only normal that I'm going to know is actually going to be going to nascar weekends and recording the podcast on. hey dad
1: Tell oh, your dad to say hey
0: <laughs> yeah dad jason says hi hi jason
1: hey that's him tell him Andrew, I say hey. i'm taking the car in case you need it
0: Ooh, i might
1: well, i'll be back in 30 minutes
0: crap i'm gonna have to get a ride all right
1: okay you can keep that in if you want <laughs>
0: <laughs> what was i saying the only normal i'm gonna know is actually going to nascar races and recording the podcast and recording this podcast which is actually gonna be a really nice set of normal so yeah i don't know it's gonna be really weird i really the thing that's frustrating we're getting all my clothes out so whenever i want to put on a new pair of underwear or even a t-shirt or socks i have to go out in the hallway and Get clothes Uh, that we're going to pack to Arizona to wear. The clothes I'm wearing right now, we're bringing to Arizona because (laughs) I have nothing left in my closet. It sucks.
1: I thought you were going to say, when you're in your dorm, you have to go out in the hallway to get your clothes. I'm like, that's kind of weird.
0: (laughs) No, that's... Sure, I don't know. I don't know if my roommate is going to be okay with that or not. He's going to have to get used to this podcast. I have my own room, which is nice. Yeah. But, no, I've, man, my, I... have
1: been forced my roommates to my roommate to me, have listen to me do a podcast for like three years. We'll <laughs> be good.
0: Yeah. So, I don't know. Crazy. It's going to be a really big adjustment. I don't know. I, I guess I have to be ready for it, but it's going to be a whole lot of newness. I'm just... The first couple of nights sleeping there yeah. and... Still getting acclimated to a routine and, and figuring out what to do with my time and all that. That's going to be the hardest part. So I don't know. I'll have an update for you next episode, but I really don't know what to think right now.
1: No, I'm not sure if we'll do one after Bristol, but if we don't do one then, we won't do one after the off week. So it could be a couple of weeks. So you'll have a few weeks to settle in and we'll get it. We update. can do one after Bristol. I'm sure I can find time okay. to do it. Sounds yeah. good.
0: Cause Bristol's Saturday, so we have Sunday and Monday, Monday and Tuesday, Tuesday yeah. to do all that. So, and then classes I think start on Wednesday. Oh, I need Same. to get all my books. Same. I'm so disorganized right now. Wait, I
1: want to buy your book textbooks until you go to your first classes? Really? Because or email your professors because there's. I think this is so I got one email already. And it said not to buy something, but no, that's when you want to come
0: into class prepared with the, no. t- what if they're like turn to page one, you don't have it.
1: You would think that. And I think, I think this is all school. I don't think it's just my school, but the, did you get a list of textbooks from like the, uh, like the bookstore or something? Yeah. They are a trying to make you pay their crazy prices for textbooks and B you probably and teachers don't even update that sometimes. So the textbook might not be right or the right version or everything. So you, you might want- not even use it so you want to hear what they say either if they have the syllabus out already you check that see what textbooks are or email them or you just wait to the first day of class and then Amazon Prime and buy them on Amazon do not buy them at the bookstore unless you absolutely have to
0: that's a good piece of advice I think I would have just straight up bought my books
1: no you would spend 200 more dollars than you probably need to oh man thank you this is good but there might be some that you need to buy from the bookstore because they don't sell anywhere else but check um, Chegg and Amazon before you buy at the bookstore okay College advice with Jason. Any other college students out there? (laughs) Let me know. Tweet me. Oh, we had a fan question. Let's answer that real quick.
0: Yeah. All right. So Roy, who actually met in Daytona earlier in the season, he tweeted. He basically wanted to know how can NASCAR and the tracks make it affordable so it doesn't break the bank for for, or or really go too far deep into their wallets to uh, make going to the track affordable?
1: One answer. You look at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, Georgia and they right size, not right size, they right price their um, concessions. I paid literally $1.50 for a hot dog at the newest multi-billion dollar stadium and paid $2 for water. Beer was only like $7. Like cheap concession food. You go to any racetrack and it's like $10 for like two waters or $10 for like, or $15 for a meal. It's like, those are freaking crazy prices. You get down to the um let's charge people what this stuff's actually worth and people more people will come to the racetrack and like the cheaper the price is more people are willing to pay and then you're gonna make more money anyway i really don't understand why tracks don't just do that in general
0: i think we go with tickets too especially when we're not selling out if you want to get more fans to track you got to lower those ticket prices and as long as the tracks are still getting the big cash from tv why not lower your ticket prices get more people to track have fans come back you don't know how many first-time fans yeah. there could be out there that simply aren't because ticket
1: prices are too expensive. I think it was so I would go with that too. or some track that they were like the cheapest tickets available on race. So, you know, my other sporting events, as the event gets closer and people are and they're trying to get rid of their tickets, they'll sell them for really cheap. But like Pocono, I think Sunday morning, I forget who tweeted this or where I found this, but it was like the cheapest ticket was still like 40 or $60. It's like... Yeah. If you want people to come, roll over the ticket prices, especially in the days leading up to the event. Yeah. Those are, yep. so if we're, I NASCAR, if we're NASCAR president again, hmm. that's another challenge. I know.
0: It's actually funny. I met Julie Geis, who's president of ISM Raceway this oh, yeah. weekend. She actually, I gave her my card and she's like, I'm actually going to ask you like, what's good for a college audience? So maybe we can yeah. go back and forth, even hash some ideas out in person on the podcast, no. but I want to bring her some good news and, and some good ideas on how to get good college kids to, yeah. to the track. So that's something that we could
1: talk about. So too. weird. You're going to be a college kid and you can like get part of that crowd now.
0: College like, kid. I've, I got my student ID. Yeah. Let's go. Let's move in.
1: I feel super old as like a senior now in college. Screw it's like, you. <laughs> I, I can bully you because I'm a senior. Oh, but you man. know what I, she seems like an awesome track president i haven't met her before she's great but she was awesome like I,
0: she's won all these awards too yeah. she seems good i mean you Let's, look at ism raceway it's one of the yeah. best tracks out there they do, they do such a good job already so she's a good fit I for i think
1: them. we should interview her at some point for the podcast she seemed like you're gonna get to know her well and do all this stuff? It'd be awesome!
0: This is a good idea. Let's hash. It. This is good. We're figuring this out here yeah. on this show. These are our original ideas. I like it. No, we should definitely find a way to have her on. That's a good idea.
1: All right. Where can we follow you on social media? Hey, Jason Schultz. Wow, it's like you know. Follow me at Hey Jason Schultz. I've <laughs> tweeted a lot about Dorbin Percler, Julia Gond this week. Actually, there's a video about to come out. This will be a little preview for Andrew and whoever hasn't listened. Joey compared the parade laps around the track after driver intros to walking around Walmart. Why? Listen to the podcast. The video is about to drop. Actually, already has dropped at this point. Funny. And hey. um, follow me on Instagram, Twitter. I'll be danging around this weekend and watching Bristol. And yeah, how are they going to follow your adventures from the great state of Illinois to the hot and cactusy state of Arizona?
0: Uh, by the way, it's gonna be 111 degrees I'm on moving day. Uh, That's gonna suck. I was looking I just here. Say. I already moved in, but
1: like it's gonna be 96 here for moving day on Saturday for people. I'm like, ah, oh, I'm so sorry, y'all. I'm just gonna oh, sit in my room and watch. By the y'all.
0: time you wake up on Saturday, I'm probably already gonna be moved in. Six o'clock a.m. Arizona what? time. Yeah, it's nuts. I think it's for freshmen and first years, but it's super early. Anyways, you can follow me at TV on Twitter and at Andrew AndrewKerland <laughs> on Instagram. Good transition there, right? Uh, I really don't know if I'm going to be able to watch Bristol, so I'll, I don't know because that is moving day, and it's like, do you ditch your roommate and everybody well, remember for the first night of college yeah. to go watch a NASCAR race? Like, remember. I got to give that up possibly, rem- so rem- I'm going to take the
1: temperature of that. Remember, remember what I did my first year? Or I suggested you should find a group of friends find with Henry people. and then like you're going to be like, what are we going to do? Hang out. Why not just they like football? I don't know. Maybe well, I can sway them. Just find some like lounge area with a TV and just put the race on and then you can talk and have the race over your shoulder or something. Smart man. I like it. I'm really you, good. You at this do bring thing. some good ideas. Yeah, you are. I'm going to have ideas.
0: to. Yeah. Well, I'm going to have to talk to you some more about this college stuff. Cause uh, I, am going to go Old in a new scary world. Yeah, it is. This is the summer before the real world started. Uh, all I'm right. I that. guess that's it. Next show, I'll be calling you from Arizona. Weird. It's Hopefully weird. Man, is weird. Better.
1: Hopefully our FaceTime is a little yeah. better. Yeah.
0: <laughs> there, there are many times where we keep cutting out, and I can hear Jason, but he can't hear me. So I always share what he <laughs> says when we cut out. But yep. All right. I think we're we we're trying to aim for twenty minutes. That's out the window <laughs> at this point. <laughs> but it's been a good conversation. Yeah. So all right. Well. See you folks later. Signing off from Chicago for the final time. Yeah, for the final time, at least for a while. Signing off from Chicago, Illinois. See you later.